What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the great folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week three of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2018-2019 NFL season. It is a very early morning edition of the show, as my work schedule is forcing me to record this at uh, 10 after 7 Eastern time in the morning, and uh, we might as well get it out of the way right away. Last week was not good. It's never a good week when I can sit here and say, if you would have taken the exact opposite of all of my betting picks, you would have hit double digits both ways around. But unfortunately, that was the week that was, and I'm nothing if I'm not honest with you folks. Straight up, we treaded water. We were 8-7-1. and one. It's been a weird start to the season for us on the show here. Only 8-7-1 and one straight up. That has us 15-15-2 and two. Through the first two weeks. Two ties already through two weeks. Incredible in the NFL. But we're only 500. 15 right, 15 wrong. That is not good enough. Against the spread, we were 5, 10, and 1 against the spread last week. Not good enough at all. That has us 14 and 16 with two pushes on the season. Over under, was pretty well the same. We were 6 and 10. We're only 13 and 19 picking the over-under in the NFL this season. Not good enough. I make no excuses for it. They're my picks. I stand behind them, but not good enough so far. We've basically hit that point. Like, you know how in the NFL, if you start the season 0-2, there's only like a 10% chance that you can rebound and make the playoffs? Well, we're going to be that 10%. We're starting this week. The picks, it has to turn around. There's no other option for us. Has to turn around this week. There was at least a silver lining with the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks. They were actually pretty decent. We'll start with the bronze pick where I told you to take the 49ers to beat the Lions. They did so only by a field goal, but they did so. They win that game 30-27, to so that was a straight-up win. We pushed on that one against the spread. That was our one push on the week. I told you to take the 49ers minus three, and they won the game by exactly three. It was a win on the total. I told you to go over 47.5 points. They get to 57 combined. Silver pick, I told you to take the Saints. They definitely made me sweat it out. Saints beat the Browns only 21 to 18. So that was a straight up win as well. So we're 2 0 straight up so far. It was an ATS loss, as I told you to take the Saints minus 8 in that football game. And to be perfectly honest, they were lucky to win it at all. It was also a loss on the over under, as I told you to go over 50 points. They only get to 39. Gold pick, told you to take Pittsburgh over Kansas City. They made it interesting at the end of the game, but that was, you could basically define that as garbage time. Pittsburgh loses that game to the Chiefs 42 to 37. Holy cow, at least we took the over. So it was a straight up loss. It wasn't against the spread win because I told you to take the Chiefs plus five and a half. I knew that was going to be a close game one way or the other. So took the points with the Chiefs, that worked out for us, and we told you to go over 53 points, and KC comes within, you know, 11 points of clearing that on their own. And the Platinum pick told you to take the Chargers to beat the Bills, that works out by two full possessions, 31-20, to 20. and we actually swept that pick, so it was a straight-up win, it wasn't against the spread win, as I told you to take the Chargers, minus the full touchdown, that works out, they win by 11, and told you to go over 43 three points on it and they get to 51 so we were three and one straight up 
we were, let's see, we were two, one, and one against the spread. And on the totals, we were three and one. So we actually found success in those picks last week, but overall, not much else. Taking a look at the Bridgewater's Finest and NFL YouTube Prognosticator's Pick'em Pools from last week, we'll start with mine, the straight-up pool with the confidence points. I sit in 31st place out of 41 so far to start the season. Not good enough. I've only brought in 138 out of 272 possible confidence points. That's only a clip of 51% not good enough. Week two only brought in 68 of 136 possible confidence points. That's exactly 50%. Not good enough. What was good enough, however, was our week two winner. And that was my boy, Anthony Cormier wins week two in the straight up pool. Went 10-5-1 with his picks last week. Excellent. Way to go, Tony. 10-5-1, 99 of 136 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 73%. He holds on after only putting two points, I believe, on the Monday Nighter. 73%, good enough to win Week 2. MN Beast remains our overall leader, 22-8-2 straight up on the season, 202 out of 272 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 74%, and it's about 4-5% above what a typical championship pace usually is across a full season. So MN Beast having himself a heck of a start to the season. Shout out to Tony for winning week two, and MN Beast for remaining the overall leader. In the official NFL YouTube prognosticators pick'em pool, which is an against the spread pool, I'm actually doing a bit better. I'm 14th place out of 50 right now. I've got 15 wins against the spread according to Yahoo's uh, lines, according to Yahoo's spreads, which is still only 15 out of the 32 games. So that's only a clip of 47%. In week two, I was only able to bring in six of them correctly according to Yahoo's lines out of the 16 games, that's only a clip of 38%. Not good enough. Shout out to our week two co-winners, Rob's Awesome Picks and Cardiac Cats. Those two teams got nine of the 16 games correct against the spread according to Yahoo's lines. That's only a clip of 56%, but in a weird week, it was good enough to win week two. MN Beast is also the overall leader in the against the spread pool has gotten 20 of the 32 games picked correctly against the spread. That's a clip of 63%. Not a bad clip if you're a capper. So MN Beast is really rocking it here in the first two weeks. So shout out to Anthony Cormier, Rob's Awesome Picks, and Cardiac Cats for winning week two across the two pools. And MN Beast for dominating at this point and being the overall leader in both pools. And taking a look at my survival pools, once again, I'm in the official, the Hatbox official survival pool, which is the only official NFL YouTube prognosticator survival pool. I'm still alive in that pool. 18 of the 33 participants are also still alive, so we've almost got it whittled down to halfway. I've taken Baltimore and the LA Chargers as my picks in those two weeks. So far in that pool, still alive. We go to the larger Twitter pool, 100 people in that one. I'm still alive in that one as well. We are down to 34 participants out of the 100 that started out the season. In that one, I've taken Carolina as well as the LA Rams. So look, we've been 4-0 so far picking survival picks. Let's hope that continues through week three. Still alive in both pools. 
Let's take a peek into Fantasy Corner to see how my eight fantasy football teams did in week two action. And kind of reflective of the rest of my week, my teams were only three and five. It's not very often I have a sub 500 week. I was very close on one of those pools. It came down to the Monday Nighter last night and that garbage time Russell Wilson. Well, not really garbage time, but sort of garbage time Russell Wilson touchdown in the Monday Nighter lost me that one. So I only wound up being three and five. In the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League, I took another loss, this one to Anthony Cormier again. So man, Cormier really got my number this week. He beats me in that pool. I started off 0-2 trying to defend my title in my own Fantasy Football League. Not a great start to things. Week 3, I got a matchup with fellow NFL YouTube prog Keith Bailey, Beetle Bailey. That's a projected win for me. So we got to start right now. We got to kick into high gear try to get into a playoff picture here starting off 0-2. In the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, I did pick up the victory last week over Chris Carter, Hatbox Kid, Gracie Manor Ghouls in that league. I've actually started off 2-0 in that league, which is the bigger money league between the two of them. So I guess if I'm going to start 2-0, I guess you'd want to start it in that one. I got a week three matchup against Matt Coombs, Matt the NFL fanatic, or maybe Matt Combs. He is stat pack in that league. It's a projected win for me, but it's very close within like a couple of points, I think. So I got some work to do in week three, but we're definitely looking to turn around fantasy just as much as we are the picks. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to let you know that in the description to the YouTube video, as well as the description on SoundCloud or iTunes, you are going to find, among other things, all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week three in the NFL in 2018. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest as well as NFL YouTube Prognosticator Pick'em Pools. Mine is straight up with confidence points. The Progs Pool is against the spread. It is never too late to join those pools. Win a week. Get yourself shouted out on the show just like Tony did today. Just like MN Beast has been getting since the beginning of the season. Never too late to join those pools. Put your picks straight up and against the spread head-to-head -head against mine. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. We just recently crossed 400 members. Activity is picking up a little bit. Obviously, we're into the new season. We talk football all week long. Join the Facebook page. Get in on the conversation. Don't just show up, drop your video or your pics and leave. Get in, join the conversation. We got a great little community here and we want to make it even bigger and even better. And you're also going to find information on NerdTees, nerdtees.ca. Use that promo code BWFINEST. You're going to save yourself 15% at checkout. Free shipping in Canada on any order over 50 bucks. If you're in the U.S., excellent conversion on the U.S. dollar. One little click, bam, you can turn all the prices into U.S. anyway. Today's blend is similar to one that I had tried before, but it is a little bit different. This is just Ruby's straight up root beer blend, and it's a root beer tea. And let me tell you, you take a sip of this, it tastes like a warm cup of root beer. That sounds like, oh my God, why would I want to drink warm root beer? But as a tea, this is delicious. Sweetened with a little bit of stevia, so it's not sugary. It's just got that nice little sweet kick to it. Just tastes like a cup of root beer. It is delicious. Go to nerdteas.ca. Well over a hundred different blends of tea on there. You're going to find yourself something to love or find something for someone you love. Christmas getting closer. Never too late. Never too early to get your shopping in either. Nerdteas.ca. 
hit that promo code BWFINEST, save some money along the way. All right, folks, let's turn this ship around. Week three picks. We're going to kick off in Cleveland, where the Browns have come up with a tie and a game that they probably arguably should have won. Now they get to go home and play host to the New York Jets. Both of these teams technically coming into this game off of a loss, but I mean, if you're a Browns fan, you have really got to feel like, man, we should have beaten the Saints. And if you're a Saints fan, you got to feel like, man, we were lucky to beat Cleveland. What the hell's going on here? But Cleveland, they only lost that game by a field goal. Most people thought, I think the Saints were going to blow them out. Cleveland has played better than I think a lot of people expected them to. The Jets, after that huge offensive outburst against Detroit in week one, come up pretty limp against a divisional opponent, against a Dolphins team. Miami's now 2-0. Jets dropped a 1-1, but man, I think that was a game that after that first week especially, Jets fans have to feel like, geez, we probably should win this game. And I don't think it was for lack of trying on the offensive side. Sam Darnold put up over 330 yards passing. The Jets just couldn't finish. They couldn't get the ball into the end zone when they needed to. And it, it just, it, that cost them the game. It was, it was an eight-point game. Miami beat them 20-12. to 12. It was one possession. They just needed to finish one of those drives the way that they should finish drives, which is in the end zone. Just didn't happen for them. Despite the fact that the Browns are only giving up 21 points per game, their total defense hasn't exactly been special. I mean, it, it, it's commendable what they've done so far. It, it Honestly, it really, really is. But again, the, the total defense hasn't been overly special. They've given up 373 yards per game, 263 of them through the air. So you can throw on Cleveland, you can run on them, giving up a buck 10 on average on the ground. So yeah, the scoring defense has definitely improved. No question about that. But you're talking about, we're still talking about the number 21 total defense in football. Jets are a top five total defense right now. It's tough to throw on them. It's very tough to run on them. And I feel like if you compare the Cleveland Browns with the Detroit Lions, it's a very similar, well, it's a very similar total defense. Scoring defense is not even comparable. Cleveland's scoring defense has been way better. But in terms of total defense, actually Detroit by the numbers has been a little bit better. So they're two fairly comparable defenses. I look at what the Jets were able to do in Detroit to Detroit in their season opener, in their home opener, and I say... Man, why is Vegas so on the opposite side of this game as I am? And we can talk about Cleveland as improved defensively and improved offensively as much as we want. That's not untrue. Cleveland definitely running the ball much better than they have in seasons past. So far, they're averaging 135 yards a game. So they're definitely running the football. But that runs right into the Jets' strength defensively. If you look at the Jets in terms of a run defense, they're basically a top 10 run defense. They're only giving up 87 yards per game on the ground. So if the Jets run defense holds up and they finish a little better than they did against Miami, who's also a really good run defense and just basically defensively giving up a lot of yards but not breaking whatsoever, if the Jets can do what they weren't able to do last week against a division opponent, I feel like the Jets are the better football team here. Vegas thinks differently. Not that I think the Jets are some powerhouse, but I do like them in this football game, even though the game's on the road. That Look that look at what they did in the first week on the road, and that was in Sam Darnold's NFL debut. So I like the Jets in this one. I feel like they're the better football team. I'm going to take the Jets 
in Cleveland to beat the Browns. And when I'm talking about that, like when I talk about being on the opposite side of Vegas, Vegas has Cleveland as a three-point favorite in this football game at home. I guess I can understand that because it's it's based on, you know, quality of opponent. But look, Pittsburgh is a much better opponent on paper than they've actually been on the football field this season. Same deal with the Saints. Much more difficult opponent on paper than what they've actually been on the football field. So I feel like that's a little that's a little slanted, you know what I mean? So I love the Jets plus three here. I really, really like that. You're going to give me three points to the team that I think is the better team. Thank you very much. So I'm going to take the Jets plus three against the spread at Cleveland. Total in that game is set at 39 points. I think this might go over by about a touchdown. So I feel really confident about taking the over here. Let's go over 39 points in New York, Cleveland. Let's go to Atlanta now. NFC South divisional matchup. The Falcons playing host to the New Orleans Saints. And again, we just talked about the Saints that like, man, they've got to feel lucky to have escaped that Cleveland game with a three-point victory. Falcons beat a divisional opponent at home last week. They get to stay home and welcome in another one. Tevin Coleman put up over 100 yards on the ground in that game against Carolina. That's against a good run defense too. So he definitely proved in that game last week that he is capable of carrying the load should Devonta Freeman have to miss additional time. So I don't think the Falcons are sweating their backfield situation one little bit. Tevin Coleman was up to the task. That's obviously a good sign for Atlanta, who is not struggling to score points, but, I mean, they're only at 21.5 points a game through their first two games. So, you know, you'd like to see Atlanta scoring more points than that, but that's a problem even going back to last season. Saints are not having any trouble scoring points. They're averaging 30 a game, but they're sure as hell having a problem keeping the points off the board, giving up 33 on average per game. They certainly looked better last week against the Browns, and if we want to talk about the Browns as a better offense, well, the Saints played a little bit better in that football game, only gave up the 18 points. I gotta believe that the Saints offense on the ground with a guy like Alvin Kamara has gotta wake up eventually. Look, they're using Kamara very effectively in the pass game, but you gotta believe that his ability to carry the ball has gotta start showing up eventually. Thus far, it has not shown up whatsoever. About 52 yards a game on the ground for the Saints through the first two weeks you gotta figure that that's due to break out. And against an Atlanta team that gives up over 115 yards per game so far this season on the ground, this may be a week where that happens. I certainly will not sit here and question Drew Brees' ability to move the ball through the air, but it's a good week to really force feed the run game because Atlanta's secondary has been pretty good so far this season, only giving up 218 yards per game through the air. That's just inside the top 10. Whoever wins this football game could very easily find themselves in the driver's seat in the NFC South. Well, co-driver's seat, I suppose. But I feel like whoever wins this game is going to give themselves the inside track in that division. And I'm kind of feeling the Saints in this one. I, It's not that I don't trust the Falcons, I guess. But again, those, those injuries that they had on defense from last week. That, yeah, Carolina was not really able to 
take advantage of that and expose that. The Saints have a much better offense. They have an offense that is much more capable of exposing those injuries and really taking advantage of those injuries on the defensive side for the Falcons than Carolina was. So I just feel like I feel for whatever reason that that is going to happen in this game. So I'm leaning the Saints in this one. It's tight. It's a division matchup. Anything can happen. But I'm going to take the road team here once again. Second straight game where we take the road team. I'm going to take the Saints on the road in Atlanta to hang a loss on the Falcons. On the line, Falcons favored by three points at home. Obviously, I like the Saints to win. So I love the Saints plus three against the spread. Total in this game is 53 points, and I'm going to have to go against the public in this one. 76% of public pickers on covers are taking the over in this football game. I'm not. I'm sticking under on it. In the last nine head-to-head matchups from these two teams that took place in Atlanta, so head-to-head matchups in Atlanta, over-under, they're just 2-7. and seven. So seven of those nine games have stayed under. This is a fairly high number at 53 points. I realize the offenses are good, but Atlanta's hasn't really been putting the points on the board. The defenses are, you know, the defenses are what they are. I'm still going to stay under in this one. We're going to go under 53 points in Saints-Falcons. Let's go to Kansas City now where the Chiefs are going to play host to the San Francisco 49ers. Niners won last week to even their record at 1-1. One and one. Chiefs are off to a hot start, 40 points a game, starting the season 2-0. and oh. Defense, still kind of questionable for KC. If you're a Chiefs fan, it's very fun when you have, far and away, the best offense in your division. It's not so fun when you also have the worst defense. When you're talking about Kansas City, you're talking about their ability to move the ball and their inability to stop the ball from being moved. You take a look at them on offense, like I said, 40 points a game. Kansas City, just under 290 yards passing per game. Mahomes has been incredibly impressive so far this season. Still putting up 116 yards per game on the ground. I'd like to see more of Kareem Hunt, but as a team... They're still moving the football on the ground. They're still just barely inside being a top 10 run offense, but they're still in the top 10. But you take a look at them on the defensive side, you got to go all the way down to the worst total defense in the NFL. The run defense has been pretty good. The secondary has very much not been. Giving up 430 yards per game passing. I realize it's only been two weeks, but holy crap. 400 yards average? That's terrible. Jimmy G and company will certainly be looking to improve on their 26th ranked pass offense so far this season, averaging less than 200 yards per game through the air. At the point where we sit right now, I I just find it incredibly difficult to pick against the team that's averaging 40 points a game. So we're not going to overthink this. That team's at home. I'm going to take the Chiefs at home to beat the 49ers. Against the spread, Chiefs are favored by six and a half points at home. It's just under a touchdown, which I feel like that number might be a little too big, but given that the Chiefs are at home, like if this game was in San Francisco, I'd be all over the 49ers side of this line. But where it's in KC, San Francisco doesn't strike me as a team that travels overly well. So let's take the Chiefs there minus the six and a half points. Total in this game is 56. It's the biggest total that we're going to look at this week. And my gut tells me to go over on it because you've got a team that's averaging 40 points a game. 
but I think I have to stick under on it. I, uh, boy, I could see like, I could see a 50 in the game total for sure, but like a low 50, like a 51, 52, something like that. I just feel like this number stays under by just that little bit. So we're going to stay under 56 points in KC San Fran. Let's go to Miami now where the Dolphins get to come home off of an eight-point divisional road victory and play host to the Oakland Raiders who have kicked off their season 0-2. Not overly impressive as far as I'm concerned. Don't know if John Gruden is just intentionally tanking the Raiders this season so that they can get a great draft pick, but it's very clear that you let Khalil Mack go off that defense and the defense has let go. You know, maybe that's not fair. The secondary has actually been fairly decent, but that run defense can't stop anybody. That's 154 yards a game against on the ground, and they're giving up 26.5 points. So how can you justify the how your defense has performed in the first two weeks after you just got rid of your clearly head and shoulders, your best defensive player? Miami is by no means a juggernaut, but I'm all over them in this football game based on how they've been moving the ball on the ground. Well over 125 yards a game on the ground. They're a it, firmly a top 10 run offense so far, only averaging 23.5 points a game, but it could certainly be worse based on how teams who are running better than them have scored. Like, just look at Houston. But it, look, they're putting up enough points that I feel really confident about them in this game. Oakland's playing back-to-back -back road games. Never a good sign. I think the Raiders kick off 0-3 here. I'm going to take the Dolphins at home to beat Oakland. On the line, Miami's only a three-point favorite at home. That's not very much to give. So we're going to go Miami minus three at home against Oakland. Total in the game is 44 points. I'm going to stay under on it because, look, Oakland's offense has not shown me a ton so far in this season. It's another situation where, sure, it could be worse, but not by a whole lot. They're only averaging 16 points a game. They're not really moving the ball super super well on the ground they're under 100 yards a game on the ground throwing has done fairly well like Derek Carr and the pass offense has been pretty good it's a top 10 pass offense but it hasn't generated the points and points are what win football games I just like Miami's ability to move the ball on the ground better I think they generate more points they win time of possession they win the football game and based on that I think the game also stays under the 44 point total Let's go to Washington now where the Redskins are going to welcome the Green Bay Packers to town, an NFC matchup. Redskins are 1-1, one one. Green Bay 1-0-1, oh Green Bay and Minnesota tying that game last week. Skins come in off of a loss to the Colts, a game that I definitely feel like Washington should have won. I was all over Washington to win that football game. Just didn't work out and wasn't particularly close, which is very, very concerning. Packers, meanwhile, have been under fire all season. I mean, they have that game where they have to come from behind in a big way to beat Chicago in week one. And then last week, all the shenanigans with the missed field goals and everything like that going all the way through overtime, ending in a tie. It's been a very tight season so far for the Packers. The Redskins had a shocking inability in that football game last week to move the ball on the ground, especially given how fantastic they were at doing that in the first week. I, it really surprised me that they weren't able to run the ball very well on the Colts. You'd feel like 
The Colts should be an easier defense to run the football on, but so far the Colts are, you know, a top 10 run defense. Washington plays a team this week in Green Bay that is very much not a top 10 run defense. They're giving up 103 yards per game on the ground, which granted could be a lot worse. They could be Detroit, but it's still not great. It's still triple digits. It's still in the bottom half of the league. This is a defense that it will be easier to find running room on. It's Packers' first road game on the season, so of course it'll be interesting to see how their play shifts from how they played their first two games at home. I'm not going to lie. This is a game that I've gone back and forth on a couple of different times here. At first, I was like, well, Washington. Washington's going to be able to run the ball on them. The run defense isn't great. Washington's going to win the game. But then I'm like, but they should have been able to do that last week, and they didn't do that last week. And moving the ball through the air hasn't exactly been the easiest task Ultimately, though, and as much as I may not like it as a Packers fan, I do think Washington's going to be able to move the football on them. I think they'll be able to move it through the air. I think they'll be able to move it on the ground. I like the upset pick here, especially given that Washington is playing here at home. I'm going to take the Redskins in this one. It's weird for me to do that, but I don't think Adrian Peterson has a repeat performance of what he played last week. I'm going to take the Redskins. On the line, the Redskins are three-point dogs at home, so I like them to win. We're definitely going to take Washington plus three against the spread. Total in the game is 45.5 points. I think it's got to go over because I think there's capacity on both offenses here to score points. Neither defense is fantastic, so 45.5, it's a middling number. We're going to go over on it in Green Bay, Washington. All right, let's pick up the pace here. Carolina and Cincinnati in Carolina. This is another game I kind of went back and forth on because it's a question to me of can Cincinnati's pass rush get to Cam Newton behind what has been a relatively um, Swiss cheesy offensive line here for the Panthers. Now, the Falcons were able to get to Cam Newton and that was a big contributor in Atlanta winning that football game. Cincinnati's got a pretty good pass rush led by Geno Atkins, so it is entirely possible that the Bengals get to Cam Newton, generate some sacks, generate some punts, and in what I think is going to be a pretty close football game, it's entirely possible to me that Cincinnati goes into Carolina and wins this game. But I am going to stick with the home team here. I am going to go Carolina. Part of the reason that I'm going with Carolina here, I don't think despite how good Cincinnati's run defense has been so far this season, the secondary has been bad. 332 yards allowed per game through the air. Cam Newton is going to have a better football game. Cincinnati's run defense has been great. They've only given up 70 yards a game. Carolina's run offense has been spectacular so far this season. I think Carolina's going to be able to move the ball on the ground. And I just I just don't see enough pushback from the Cincinnati defense to go into Carolina and get a win. It's going to be a tight football game, but by the slightest of margins, I am going to take Carolina at home to beat the Bengals. On the line, Carolina, three-point favorite at home, which basically means that Vegas does not know how to cap this game. We're going to take Cincinnati plus three because we are going to hedge our bets with this one because that is legit a game that could go either way. So we're going to take Cincy plus three, but we like Carolina to win the football game. Total in the game is 43.5 points. Mm, Oh boy, that's one of the closer ones. I do think it goes over by the slightest margin, so let's go over on that, over 43.5 points in Cincinnati, Carolina. 
Let's go to Baltimore now where the Ravens get to come home after a divisional loss, a game that I I had them in. I thought they were a strong favorite in that football game. Did not work out that way. Baltimore losing to Cincinnati 34-23. Now they get to come home, have a home date with the Denver Broncos. Denver off to a very good start this season. Broncos are 2-0. Now, Broncos had to come from behind to win a divisional game last week, and despite being 2-0, are only outscoring opponents by four points total. They won that game last week by a single point, 20-19 at home against the Oakland Raiders. This is Denver's first road game of the season. Historically, not a team that travels the greatest. You may recall last season, of course, on a bad football team, well, you know, basically a bad football team, only 5-11, and 11, they were in the basement of the division, they only won one of eight road games. Don't get me wrong, I think the Broncos are much better this season than they were last season, so it, they're a better football team right now, but they still are a team that historically does not travel very well, so, you know, it, it, this is a tough one for me. I love what Denver has done on offense so far this season. They're moving the ball along with the elite teams in football through two weeks. Over 270 yards passing on average per game. Over, well over, a buck 55 per game on the ground. So they are really effectively pounding the football on the ground. And it's generated good things for them. Two straight wins. Ravens secondary has been excellent so far this season, giving up under 170 yards per game through the air, which is elite. It's top three so far through two weeks. Run defense, not as good as it typically has been. They're giving up about 95 yards a game on the ground. That's more porous than you would typically see from a Baltimore Ravens team. So do I think Denver can move the football on Baltimore? Absolutely, I do. This is going to be a real defining moment here for the Denver Broncos. If they win this football game, they're out to a 3-0 start, and they truly make the statement of, look, new team. We're a new team, new identity. We are to be taken seriously. We are for real. This is the game that's really going to determine whether the Broncos are for real or not. I feel like that defense is for real. I feel like if they put Baltimore in a position where the pass offense needs to step up and Joe Flacco needs to win that game for them, I'm not a thousand percent confident that they're going to be able to do it. Like, look, Baltimore's numbers are skewed by the fact that they got to play Buffalo in week one. I mean, they played a Bengals team. They lost that game by two full possessions. They probably should have won that football game against a good you know, against good competition. Granted, it was in Cincy, but still, they should, I believe, have won that game. This is another game that I feel like Baltimore probably should win. They should be in a favorable position to win it. I've mm, got feeling on this one, folks. I like the Broncos, even though the game's in Baltimore. I like the Broncos to go in and make a statement in this football game, run the ball down Baltimore's throats, see if that run defense holds up, I don't think it will. So let's take Denver on the road in Baltimore to beat the Ravens. On the line, Baltimore's a five-point favorite at home. We like Denver to win, so obviously I'm all over the Broncos plus five. Total in the game is 43 points. I do think it goes over. Actually, I feel pretty confident about the over here. I'm seeing more like a 47, 48, something like that. Baltimore probably gets a garbage time touchdown as they're trying to come from behind. So let's go over 43 points in Baltimore, Denver. Won't have to spend much time on this one. Houston Texans playing host to the New York Giants. 
And this is less about what Houston is capable of doing and way more about what the Giants are not capable of doing. And that's score points. Giants are going to be coming in off of a short week, back-to-back road games for them. Houston all day in this one, folks. Let's take the Texans at home to beat the Giants. I have zero faith in the New York Giants right now. I say short week for the Giants. It's only short-ish. Like, I mean, they played Sunday night, not Monday night. But still, look, they lost to Dallas. And granted, you know, neither one of those football teams is good. But what I really noticed in that game is... It's a testament, and I said this on Twitter, it's a testament to how bad the Giants are that a team like Dallas, which is a not good football team in their own right, absolutely dominated them in every facet of that football game. There's no facet of that game where the Giants had the edge over Dallas. They're playing a better team this week in Houston. The game's in Houston. I I just don't see how the Giants win the game. So we're going to take Houston at home to beat the Texans. On the line, Houston's favored by six points at home. I say take that. No faith in the Giants whatsoever. Let's go Houston minus six. Total in the game is 41 points. And this, once again, is where I'm going to be going a little bit against the public. 64% of the public, on covers anyway, are on the over in this game. And it's a low number, so I totally understand why they're on that. But... Between these two teams, they are 0-4 over under this season. Neither one of these teams has gone over in any of their games. So that's a trend that's enough that I kind of feel like I have to stick with it. I don't know what we're going to see from the Giants offensively. We may see only another 10, 13-point performance. I don't see Houston running up the score. So let's stay under 41 points in Houston, New York. Let's go to the Battle of Los Angeles now. Rams going to play host to the Chargers. Although, can you really call this a road game for one team or the other? It is technically back-to-back road games, quote-unquote, for the Chargers as they were on the road last week. I mean, the Rams have just been doing everything right so far. It took them a little while in that first game to get going, but once they got going, they were unstoppable. They were basically unstoppable last week. Chargers have looked all right, but I can't sit here and say that I think the Chargers have looked great. Offensively, Chargers are moving the ball really well. Their top three total offense, I totally get that. They're throwing the ball well. They're running the ball well. They're scoring points. Chargers have played well offensively. And in terms of total defense, they've been basically fine. I mean, the the secondary's been decent. The run defense has been decent, but... Man, they're giving up a lot of points. 29 points per game against on average. And maybe my expectations for the Chargers on defense were higher than they should have been. But I just feel like the scoring defense should be so much better than it is right now. Like there are teams like almost the, you know, five, six, seven teams behind them in terms of total defense. Their scoring defense is so, it's like, almost a full touchdown in all cases better than what the Chargers are. So the Chargers are just giving up way too many points for me right now. There's no way I could pick against the Rams in this game. So let's take the Rams at home, quote-unquote, to beat the Chargers on the road, quote-unquote. On the line, we're getting the Rams by just less than a touchdown. Rams minus six and a half. With the way they've been running over teams, I think you got to take that. Let's take the Rams minus six and a half points. Total in this game is 48 points, and I'm with the public on this one. 72% are going over on this one. I'm going to go over on it as well. you got to go back a little ways for this one, but head-to-head, 
The last five matchups overall, four of the five have gone over. Again, you got to go back a little ways for that. But the most recent matchup, I believe in 2014, like late 2014, that one went over as well. So let's take the over. Two very good offenses, two potent offenses. I think you're going to see a lot of points. We're going to go over 48 in the Battle of L.A. Let's go to Arizona now where the Cardinals are going to play host to the Bears. Uh, Bears are going to win. And the reason that the Bears are going to win is that defense. They showed last night on Monday Night Football in prime time, not that their offense is incredible. Mitch Trubisky is still making mistakes that I would expect from a rookie, but boy, like you're being defined as a second-year player here, so I would hope that a second-year player wouldn't be making some of these throws that he's trying to make i get it that you know they played seattle and seattle's defense ain't what it used to be but they're still capable of of being opportunistic so boy that's a tough one for me a little bit at least with the offensive side of chicago but the reason that i think the bears are going to win the game is the defense like that bears defense last night showed me that if you have a mediocre offense the bears defense can win a football game it's going to be a short week their guy, they have to hit the road. That's those are both going against them. Although I think if you polled Bears fans, they probably think that the Bears are a better road team than they are in their own building. So that may not be uh, as much of a detriment. The fact that they have to hit the road might not be much of a detriment. And I mean, like Arizona has no pushback on defense whatsoever. They have very little pushback on the offensive side, despite the fact that they've got David Johnson. When are they going to take the chains off of him? Even if they take the chains off of him in this game, you've still got Khalil Mack up the middle you've still got you know potent players on that defense prince of mukamura last night had a pick six so that defense is good enough that they can beat mediocre teams with their defense that's what's going to happen this week let's take the bears on the road in arizona to beat the cardinals on the line cardinals are four point dogs at home even though it's more than a field goal i'm still going to take chicago minus four i just don't know what i'm going to get from arizona's offense and i get the feeling it's not going to be very much so we're going to take chicago minus four total in the game is 40 points i think that's actually a perfect total that's basically what i have this game finishing at i have this game going 23 17 chicago so that's exactly 40 points but where, you know, gun to my head, I got to pick one. I think I'd have to take the under. I mean, these two teams have only gone over combined one game this season. So they're trending on the unders. Neither offense is the greatest. We got one really good defense. So let's, let's stick with the under on it. We'll go under 40 points in Arizona, Chicago. Let's go to Seattle now where the Seahawks are going to play host to the Dallas Cowboys. Was not impressed with what I saw from Seattle last night. Not impressed with the run game. Not overly impressed with Russell Wilson, to be honest. I feel like because he can't get much protection, he's forcing throws that he wouldn't typically force, making plays that he wouldn't necessarily make. Seattle is still capable on the offensive side. Don't get me wrong there. They're still capable, but I just didn't really like what I was seeing. 
Cowboys, one of the worst offenses in football right now, but they're making up for it by the fact that they're actually one of the best statistical defenses in the NFL right now. They're only giving up 14 and a half points a game. They're not scoring very much. They're only scoring about 14 in their own right, but the defense has definitely made up for it. The secondary's playing well. The run defense is there, and you got to imagine that Zeke Elliott is going to break out here one of these weeks. Two teams, I think, are relatively comparable. I'm going to edge with the team that's got the single best player that is the Dallas Cowboys with Zeke Elliott I'm actually going to go Dallas in this game even though the game is in Seattle let's take the Cowboys on the road to actually upset the Seahawks and it's an upset because Seattle is favored by three points at home which basically means that this game is a pick Vegas doesn't know what to do with it so we are going to take Dallas plus three against the spread Total in the game is 42 and a half, which is a pretty darn good total. I've got it right around that 42, 43, kind of a coin flip, but the same as with Chicago, Arizona, these two teams have only gone over a combined one time so far this season in four games. So let's stick with the under here. Let's go under 42 and a half points in Dallas, Seattle. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze for week three is the Tampa Bay Bucks playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers and talk about a game that has everyone confused. If the NFL was a Japanese role-playing game, Ryan Fitzpatrick would be the confuse magic. Fitz magic has been exactly that. He's putting up 405 yards per game through the air. Now, Tampa Bay can't really run the ball to save their soul, but when they're averaging 37.5 points a game and throwing over 400 yards a game, who needs a run game? Eventually, the Pittsburgh Steelers have got to get out of their own way. All right, look, week one, divisional game against Cleveland. Cleveland always plays you tight. Uh, You know what? You tied. You probably shouldn't have tied. James Conner played great. Ben Roethlisberger threw a million and one interceptions. Okay, let's call that a freak accident. Then you go to last week. Yeah, sure, Kansas City's this great offense, but you got them at home on the tail end of back-to-back road games. That was a game that Pittsburgh should have won, and yet they weren't able to do it. That, to me, is more inexcusable than the tie against Cleveland. Now you got to hit the road again, go to Tampa Bay, play a team that is off to a 2-0 start, whether they should be or shouldn't be, they're off to a 2-0 start. That's what the standings say. There aren't many total defenses in the NFL that are worse than Pittsburgh's right now, but Tampa Bay's is one of them. You can throw on them. The run defense has been actually pretty decent, but you can throw all day on the Tampa Bay Bucks. If Pittsburgh does not win this game, you've got to throw a a significant, incredible amount of money at Le'Veon Bell. If they lose this game... They need Le'Veon Bell just for the fact that it'll get rid of the distraction. I don't like, I just, just throw the money at him. Just throw as much money at him as the salary cap will allow. Figure it out. If you got to trade somebody, trade somebody. If you got to cut somebody, cut somebody. Pay that man if you lose this football game. I'm going to take the Steelers, but man, the, the margin for error here is so, so low with the Steelers. On the line, the Bucks are only a point and a half dog in this game. You, If you tried to, before the season started, if somebody asked you to cap this game, Pittsburgh at Tampa Bay, would, would there be anybody that wouldn't have favored the Steelers by 
at least a touchdown, if not double digits. So that just goes to show how little faith everyone has in the Steelers. I'm getting a better football team, and I only have a point and a half that I have to give to take them. I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus a point and a half because, damn, if you don't win this game, pack it in. It's done. Total in the game is 53 and a half. I think this is the easiest total of the week. Go over because neither one of these defenses particularly can play defense right now. So take the over in that one. Go over 53 and a half points. All right, folks, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week three in the NFL. Let's do this. We will start with the bronze pick where I am one and one straight up, one oh and one against the spread and one and one on the over under. My bronze pick sees the Jacksonville Jaguars playing host to the Tennessee Titans. I'm all over Jacksonville in this football game. It's not just the standings. Yes, they say Jacksonville 2-0. That Jacksonville's defense is just playing so well right now. And when you can go in and only allow 20 points to Tom Brady, you're a team that's doing something special. And when you look at Tennessee, they're only averaging about 20 points a game, and we don't know who's going to play quarterback. It could be Marcus Mariota. It could be Blaine Gabbert. We still don't know yet. They're just not There's no update on Mariota's elbow. We don't know whether he's going to play or not. And the other members of Tennessee's offense don't give me enough faith to say, okay, well, Tennessee can go into Jacksonville in a division game and beat them. So I'm all over the Jags in this one. Let's go Jacksonville at home to beat the Titans. On the line, Jags are favored. We're getting them under a touchdown, minus six and a half. So I think you got to take that. Let's take the Jags minus the six and a half total in the game is 39 and a half points one of the lower totals that we got to see this week is it the lowest it's not the lowest the jets in cleveland is the lowest but it's basically the lowest so 39 and a half points i do think it goes over i think tennessee can score some points i mean look blaine gabbert led him to a win last week uh not against this good competition but he still, he still let him do a win, and I think they scored 20 points. So let's take the over in this one. I think it'll be tight, but let's take over 39.5 points. So Jags win straight up. We're going to hammer Jacksonville on the line and take a minus 6.5 in a game that goes over 39.5 points. That's the bronze pick. My silver pick where I'm 2-0 straight up and 1-1 and on the betting picks each, 1-1 one one against the spread and over under, sees the Minnesota Vikings at home taking on the Buffalo Bills. Do I really need to explain myself? Minnesota wins this football game in a walk, but if you look at the line, the line is like a college spread. It's, it's incredible. Minnesota are favored by 17 points in this football game, in an NFL football game. It's nuts. Now, if Minnesota was a team that was scoring at the pace of, say, the Rams, or if they were even scoring right now at a pace like Tampa Bay, I'd probably be all over this. I'm not all over it. I'm not all over it because Buffalo put up, what? What Buffalo put up last week? 20 points? So, I mean, Buffalo played better against, now granted it was a Chargers defense that is still good, but not as good as I thought they were going to be. But Buffalo still put up 20 points last week. So it's not like it's the first week. It's not like they're scoring absolutely nothing. I don't think Minnesota runs up the score on them here. I, I Look, 17 points just from the outset. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, I'm not going to be taking that number because it's just, it's just not in my nature. So we're going to go Buffalo 
plus the 17 points. I don't think there's any hope in hell that they win, but 17 points is just too many for Minnesota's offense as far as I'm concerned. So we'll go plus 17. Total in the game is 41 points. I do think it goes over probably by, you know, better than a field goal. So I feel fairly confident in it. Let's go over 41. So Vikings win straight up, but Buffalo covers plus 17 because that spread is ridiculous in a game that goes over 41 points. That is your silver pick. My gold pick where I am 1-1 one one straight up and unbeaten on the betting picks, 2-0 against the spread and 2-0 over under, sees the Philadelphia Eagles at home taking on the Indianapolis Colts. And the reason that I am so heavy on the Eagles here, despite the fact that the Eagles lost and the Colts won, is, well, the Colts are playing back-to-back -back road games, so that certainly doesn't help. But the return of Carson Wentz and what the return of Carson Wentz means to that offense is almost immeasurable. I get it. He hasn't played football in months and months and months. This is essentially like this, this is equivalent to anybody else when they played in week one, right? This is the first game. And, but you got to imagine with a player as offensively capable as Carson Wentz, he's just been waiting. He's just been desperate for, okay, cool, I'm cleared, awesome, let's go. I love all these toys that I get to play with on Philadelphia's offense. I'm interested to see about Jay Ajayi, whether or not there's any lingering issues from, I mean, he left that game last week for a little bit, so we've got to see if there's any lingering issues there. I'm sure he's going to be fine, but Carson Wentz is just such an offensive upgrade for this team. This is really going to see what the Colts' defense is made of in this one, but I'm all over Philadelphia here. Let's take the Eagles at home to beat the Colts. On the line, Eagles are favored by less than a touchdown. It's only six points. I think you got to take that. We're going to hammer Philly in this one. Let's take the Eagles minus six. Total in the game, 47 and a half. Most of the public, 64% in fact, are on the over in this one. I'm going to go the other way. Philly's last six home games, five of them have gone under. This is a team predicated on defense. Sure, I know Carson Wentz wants to get out there and put up 40 points. I don't think he does. I have to give some respect to how the Colts defense has played so far this season. We're going to stay under on that number, under 47 and a half. So, Eagles straight up. We're going to take Philly minus six against the spread in a game that stays under 47 and a half points. That is your gold pick. And the platinum pick where I am one and one straight up, one and one against the spread, but unbeaten on the totals two and oh, sees the Detroit Lions play host to the New England Patriots. The last time Detroit played host to somebody, they got utterly embarrassed by the New York Jets. The Patriots lost last week. And here's a stat for you. The last time the Patriots lost consecutive regular season football games you got to go back to mid 2015 so it's like two and a half years since they've lost consecutive regular season games i don't see that streak ending right now i love the patriots in this game we're gonna take new england and we're gonna hammer new england in fact let's take the patriots on the road in detroit to beat the Lions. New England favored by less than a touchdown. It's minus six and a half. So we are definitely going to take that. New England minus six and a half. I think the game goes over 51 and a half because Detroit's defense has just not been great this season. Let's take a look. Their scoring defense 
is actually dead last. They're tied with Buffalo. Dead last in terms of scoring defense. Total defense obviously has been a lot better. Like Detroit is, uh, you know, right around middle of the pack in terms of the total defense. But man, they can't stop anybody on the ground and they're giving up so, so, so many points. Feel like Tom Brady and the skill players are going to have a field day in this one. So we're going to go over the 51 and a half. Patriots win straight up. New England minus six and a half against the spread. Game goes over 51 and a half points. That is your platinum pick. There you go, folks. Those are your picks for week three, 2018 NFL regular season. It is now time for the patented comment of the week. So the comment of the week from the week two video goes to a fellow prognosticator, the blind Canadian cat. Uh, I believe formerly, oh, I can't remember what your old, uh, it was Avatar 112. I think might have been his old uh, his old channel name. Anyway, the blind Canadian cat, fellow Canadian, I hope at least by name, gets the comment of the week from the week two video. Their comment was, week one, pulling a typical week three with lies and madness and some upsets here and there. That tie too. Why do we allow ties still? That's a great question. We've had two in two weeks. Oi, hopefully week two doesn't hurt us as bad. Well, you certainly didn't pick that one right, and neither did I, because week two hurt me real bad. You know, two-pieced with no biscuit. Uh, terrible, terrible week two for me. Better week two for some other people, but man, week two really served it up to me, hot and fresh, and I didn't want any more. The Blind Canadian Cat, thank you for your comment. Yours is the comment of the week from the week two video. All right, folks, week three episode is in the books. Those are the picks. Do you like them? Do you hate them? Let me know in the comments section below. Fingers crossed. I hope you've got faith in me. I hope you've got faith in me to turn this bad boy around. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled, as always, by the great folks at Nerd Tees. Now let's get this bad boy edited so I'm not late for work. Enjoy the games in week three. Check out the CFL video, which is going to come out tomorrow. And we'll see you again in week four.